Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 13th. This is week six of the NFL season, the 2020 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well, really well. I mean, crazy. We're talking about week six. Week five just ended about 30 minutes ago <laughs> with Tuesday night football, the strangest thing. So, yeah, it, it seems like everything's all blurring together with the, the world of COVID and football coming to a head. But, hey, you know, that's what we got to do. We got to adjust and move on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm sitting here watching the game, and then I realized, oh, we don't have any food, so we run out and go get some food at the food shopping at the grocery store down, you know, put our masks on and everything, and then uh, I get a text, Lovey and Bell's been cut. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, the New York Jets. Okay, well, let's get right into it, people, then. <laughs> oh, Lovey and Bell is a free man, and he took the Jets for, I don't know how many, uh, $28 million for, like, uh, not even a season and a half. I mean, uh <laughs> Adam Gase, what can you say? Uh, I'm just going to throw it to you before I give you my opinion. <laughs> Chris, what do you think of the Jets and Le'Veon Bell, and what do you think happens with Le'Veon Bell? Well, somebody will sign Le'Veon Bell. He's, he's too good and too young of a back, too versatile of a back not to sign somewhere. And, there, and there's plenty of teams that could use a running back of his caliber. Um, I mean, as far as the Jets, they're, they're morons. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. You don't get a player of his versatility and not – adjust the offense around him rather than have him adjust to the offense. And it's, and it's just, it's just absolutely insane. The funniest thing I think about this is that there was a clause in his contract that um, the, the, the Dolphins will have to pay him like $6 million or excuse me, the, the Jets will have to pay him $7 million the rest of this year, six or 7 million, but that'll be offset by whatever he signs with another team. I can see Le'Veon Bell giving them the big finger and saying, I'll sign for the veteran minimum. He'll still get his $6 million, but the Jets will be having to pay for it while he plays for somebody else. So I absolutely see him signing for a rock-bottom deal. So every team in the league that's got, that's got veteran minimum salary cap space will be in play. The, the one thing I, I'd add on that is that I think that he's only going to sign with a winning team, so a team that's going to compete. Oh, yeah to get into the Super Bowl, uh, he's not going to sign with somebody like Cincinnati or Jacksonville. And, and uh, actually, those teams don't need a running back. But, uh, uh, well, uh, but Dalvin Cook's injured. But, of course, they got Alexander Madison over there in Minnesota. Uh, You've you got other teams that have, have issues and all. But uh, beyond speculating on that, um, you know, this, this, this kind of cuts me uh, because I'm originally from New York. I'm a big Giants fan, but I am a, J- a Jets fan, too. I always wanted to see the Jets-Giants play each other in the Super Bowl, and here we are in 2020, and it's the exact opposite. 
neither team can get a win. But with the Giants' case, uh, their defense is playing better, and basically because they don't have Saquon Barkley and uh, they lost Sterling Shepard for several weeks, it's hampered the development of Daniel Jones, and their offensive line needs work there. But they're kind of going in the right direction at least. But the Jets are the Jets. They're idiots. They're morons. I don't understand why they even hired Adam Gase in the first place. He screwed up Kenyon Drake's career. He tried to do it down there in Miami. He didn't win games. I don't know what it is. He's got his boys like Frank Gore. Uh, I think Frank Gore, as long as Adam Gase is the head coach in the league, Frank Gore will be playing until he's 60 years old. And I don't understand it. You've got a, a, a versatile, multi-talented back. And you don't sign adequate offensive linemen. You don't uh, center the offense around him. He can catch passes better than any other back in the league, or at least he used to. Uh, you know, he's hardly been used here in the last week, a year and a half. Um, you know, whoever signs him is going to get a good, motivated player. But, I, frankly, the last thing I'm going to say on this is that the Jets should have fired Adam Gase before the season even began. They should fire him now. They should have never cut Le'Veon Bell. Um, shame on uh, Joe Douglas, uh, the GM there, has got some potential. He whiffed on Robbie Anderson, too, in the offseason. Uh, I don't know what it is. Whenever you take a job with the New York Jets, all of a sudden you lose your head. You've got no brains. You're just an idiot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I hope the team goes 0-16 just so they can make sure they get rid of Gase and uh, maybe get, uh, throw out uh, Joe Douglas, too. He, he's not worth anything. They need to get a brand Adam new Gase. coaching. Uh, Adam Gase. Uh, they, they need to get a brand-new coaching system, and they need, if they go 0-16, they need to draft Trevor Lawrence and trade Sam Darnold and, uh, you know, start over completely. And, and also, oh, hire Eric Bieniemy. That's, that's, a, that's a smart thing to do, the, the Chiefs offense coordinator there. So, you know, he, he's, he's very, he's very uh, talented. So, anyway, enough of the, enough of the rant there. Uh, let, let's, let's move Adam on. Will, uh, I'm Gates sorry, did you want to say something? And, yeah, Adam Gates will not go 0-16. He will be fired long before then, so don't worry about that. Oh, hopefully, <laughs> yes. Hopefully, I'm just saying is that you know they stuck with him this long. You know, Woody Johnson and crew there are, are pretty stubborn, and they believe that he's the man to lead the Jets. You know, like, yeah, he's the man to lead them right into 0 and 16. Uh, you know, and uh, I can I can see it happening. Um, you know, uh, I feel bad for Sam Darnold too. The only fantasy player relevant on that team right now is Jamison Crowder. If you got him, you start him. Even with Joe, Joe Flacco, I learned that. I, I sat him in one of the leagues that I have him in last week, and he he produced. He's the only guy that's, that's worth a darn right now on that team. For fantasy, uh, anyway, that's enough of that. We spent enough time on that. The big injury, of course, of the weekend was Dak Prescott. Uh, oh, a really gruesome broken ankle, uh, dislocated ankle. I mean, the compound fracture gone for the season. Uh, fantasy impact, uh, uh, Chris. Uh, Andy Dalton is a new guy. What 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 happens in Dallas? Uh, I actually like Andy Dalton, maybe a little bit more than some people do. I, I mean, the weapons are just ludicrous and off the chart there. The volume will still be high because the defense is still terrible and they'll put them in that position. Um, this probably helps uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You won't have Dak Prescott running it in from the one, one or two yard line. Um, and you know, they're going to lean on Zeke. And the thing is teams are going to challenge them to beat them in the air with Andy Dalton, even with all those weapons rather than let Zeke run on them. So he's going to get chances. He was a top 15 fantasy quarterback more than half of his years in Cincinnati, and that was with far less ammunition around him. So I can see Andy Dalton being a pretty good fantasy. You absolutely got to get him up and pick him off the waiver wire. He should not be out there after this week. Um, and, and I think he's more than startable, uh, definitely in matchups, and certainly maybe even straight, straight startable as a low-end number one the rest of the way, in my opinion. 
Okay. Uh, I give my opinion in the newsletter. That's all I'm going to say on this. Uh, I think uh, Andy Dalton does have value. Uh, there's other things I'd say on that. But anyway, if you want to check it out, you can uh, purchase the newsletter at a prorated discount, twenty four ninety five. Anyway, let's move on over to Dalvin Cook. Uh, boy, uh, I was glad to kind of see that it might not be a serious injury there. He kind of limped off the field after catching a pass uh, over in Seattle uh, on Sunday night. Uh, an abductor strain, the groin. It looks like he's not expected to play this week. Then they have their bye. Uh, so fantasy impact there. Alexander Madison is the the guy, and then Mike Boone, I guess, is the backup. What, what do you think, Chris? Well, Mad- Madison can be a number one if he's starting, and he will be this week. I, I don't see any way they play Cook with that bye week coming up. Um, I think that's going to be a three-week injury for Cook. That way, you know, they'll send him out through the bye. He'll be able to play in week eight. Madison is an absolute no-brainer starter this week with the matchup and with the volume he'll get. Um, and, and actually, even if by some quirk they decide to play Cook a little bit this week, Madison's still going to get at least the lion's share in this matchup, so go with him all the way. Um, I hope it's not serious. I mean, Cook obviously has had a, a history of, of injuries. When he's been on the field, he's been you know top-notch points per game. So if he can come back week eight, full board, ready to go and play the rest of the way, great, um, but that's the kind of thing that always just nags at you because of his history. Yeah, I think that they're going to sit him too. Uh, Madison is a top ten running back for me, especially if they're playing at home against the Falcons. Uh, the, the whiffle lay defense there. Uh, and I, I do think that in, in larger 14-plus team leagues, if you're really desperate, I think Mike Boone is going to see some actions, probably 20% of the touches there. So uh, if you're really, really desperate and, uh, you know, uh, and there are some uh, fantasy players out there that do play in big leagues. Uh, I, I got one guy that plays in a 32-team league, believe it or not. And so oh. if you can get your hands on, I know, on Mike Boone, he might actually get some points for you, but Alexander Madison's no-brain start this week. Uh, let's I don't go through understand the why Amir. I don't understand why Amir Abdullah is not getting more more run there. He's he's been an NFL number one starting back before, not that long ago, and and he's capable of playing in the passing game and and the running game. So that's kind of surprised me. He didn't see more action than Boone did. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's returning kicks there, and he did get a, a target in that in that uh, Sunday night game there. But I think obviously Boone is uh, is ahead in terms of the running game there. Then Abdullah, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's go to the list of injuries uh, fairly quickly here. Baker Mayfield with the ribs, uh, X-rays were negative. Uh, technically uncertain to play, but they seem likely he's going to gut it out and probably play this week. Drew Locke with a shoulder had another week to rest because their game with the Patriots is delayed. We'll see if he practices later this week. Sam Darnold with a shoulder, <laughs> I guess it's going to be Sam and then Frank and, uh, and Jameson, you know, and that's it. Uh, so if Sam can play, he'll play. Otherwise, it'll be Joe Flacco again. Uh, Leonard Fournette with the ankle, he practiced on Tuesday. The whole team of uh, the Bucks were, the, the, since they played on Thursday, they came back and practiced today. And almost all their injured players, including Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, with the hamstring practiced today. And that's a good sign for them being available later this week. We'll see. Devontae Adams, the same situation. He practiced on Monday, coming back off the bye. Uh, he's likely to play this week. Julio Jones is a different matter. He sat out uh, the hamstring. They're going to test him later this week, probably sit most of the week and see if he can play. Uh, DJ Chark with the ankle, uh, we'll see if he can pl- practice on that and, and check his status later this week. Deontay Johnson with the back, he's expected to play this week, so we'll see there. A big breakout game for Chase uh, Claypool. Uh, Sammy Watkins with a hamstring, it's uh, always something with Sammy, and now he's expected to miss a few weeks there just when he was starting to get consistent with scoring and, and, and being productive. 
And, of course, in the Philly, they're still waiting on Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, but they got a new tra- tra- uh, hero in Travis Fulgham. Yes, uh, Okay, the big guy, 10 catches there. Uh, go out and run out and grab him. Uh, with Jackson and Jeffrey out, he's got value. And, of course, A.J. Green uh, with a hamstring. One target, one, uh, no catches. It went over his head. It was intercepted. He didn't make an attempt to, to catch the ball. And then later in the, in the game, he was seen on the sidelines appearing to talk, saying, why don't they just trade me? Um, I know I'm springing this on you, Chris, but AJ Green, what, what's going on there? What in your mind is he is he droppable, or what, do you think they're going to trade oh, yeah. him? What 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 do you think is going to happen there? Oh, I, I I both. I think he's droppable. I think they will trade him if they can find somebody willing to give them a bag of deflated balls for him. Well, they want deflated balls. They should go to New England, which is one of the places he's rumored to go. But no, he's droppable. No matter where he goes, by the time he assimilates, and, and the, the likelihood of him being fantasy relevant is, is pretty low, which is a, a disappointment to me and a little bit of a surprise. I had high hopes for him coming into the season. I did too. I'm right along with you there. Uh, the final injury, no offense with his ankle. Uh, he got an extra week there, uh, but it was a pretty serious ankle injury. We'll see if he can practice later this week, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, check out our uh, NFL Quick Bits page, updated NFL news every day, uh, basically on the hour, every hour. Uh, we have free in-season Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those covering the Colts from Chris Rito twice a week. Uh, our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, which just, uh, has daily releases on it, uh, everything from the market feature, free agent player trading rankings, free agent player uh, trading advice, uh, weekly rankings for the week, fourth and one injury report, uh, daily updates on the injuries and such. You can uh, check out everything. Prorated cost twenty four ninety five. Probably another week or two, we're going to have our mid season sale. Drop the price again there. Usually around fifteen bucks or so, uh, price of a pizza. So you can try <laughs> to check us out. We've been online twenty five pe- uh, years, people. So. I think I'm doing something okay. Uh, still doing this for a living. Anyway, please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get to the picks to click and flick for week six. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why, Chris. Well, our FanX team's going to have some tough choices. All three of our guys are going to be clicks this week. I'm going to talk about two of them. I'll start with Jared Goff. Um, despite moderate volume, Goff's gone over 27 fantasy points three of the last four weeks, and he's faced three top 10 pass defenses in those games. And this week he gets a 49ers team that was great against two 0-5 New York teams but was lit up by three mediocre to good pass offenses at home for 25 to 30 fantasy points. Now the Rams have a pretty good pass offense and another game in San Francisco, so I like them to light it up again. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, I mean, Fitzmagic is as hot as anyone right now. He's averaging 28 points per game the last four weeks, actually averaging 29 points per game his last 10 games. Um, I know he's got a lot of his former teams, so revenge games are kind of a weekly occurrence for him. But he's home games against former squads of his in the last two years, and he's averaging 340 yards, and he's 
in, in those games and has thrown nine touchdowns in those four games, running in two more. He's a solid play against a Jets team that is simply not good right now. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I cannot believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick had 26 or more fantasy points four straight weeks, and yet two times coming, and he knows that he's just enjoying the ride. And the ride might go all the way to the end of the season at this point. We'll we'll see. But you know, Fitzmagic disappears at the blink of a hat. Also, <laughs> blink of an eye. We'll we'll Fitz, we'll see. Fitzmagic okay. will show up sooner or later. <laughs> That's right. You know, it is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be week seven, week ten, week fourteen. Something. You know, something's going to happen. Anyway, uh, at least they, the Brian Flores got that team moving in the right direction. Unlike another other team in New York. In uh, I'm sorry, in New York, <laughs> in the. AFC East. Anyway, uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Ben Roethlisberger, the Browns uh, secretary, uh, basically is bottom three, and Greedy Williams is out on IR, so I think Big Ben's going to have his way there, especially now he's got the new uh, the option there. It's kind of bubbled to the top real quickly. Chase Claypool, uh, Claypool and don't forget Juju. Uh, Deontay Johnson supposed to play this week. James Washington, Eric Ebron, they got a, a big cast of support there, so I think he's going to produce well. And our other quarterback in Phoenix, Matthew Stafford, gets the Jaguars this week, so he, he should be throwing two, two or three scores in that week. So if you got Stafford, start him and uh, smile. Uh, Kenny Galladay is healthy, people. Anyway, on the flip side, uh, the great play last week was Teddy Bridgewater. Start him in FFPC, got me almost 25 points. Unfortunately, he gets the tough bears this week, and they've only given up four TD passes in five games. So be careful there. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's still on my crap list. Yep, he goes from the Steelers to the Ravens. I know he put up another 20-some-odd points last week, but the Ravens, no, I'm not playing them this week. Stay away. Look elsewhere for more fantasy production. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about? Uh, Nick Foles, for one. I mean, Lost in Carolina's resurgence is the great pass defense they've been posting. They've held opposing quarterbacks under 240 yards in four of five games, and they've allowed zero or one touchdowns in four of five games. They've played above-average fantasy guys, too, in Brady, Murray, Carr, Ryan. You know, Foles' two games of a starter have all been under 250 yards, each only thrown one touchdown. So you can, you can do the math here. It looks like Foles has just not looked good and he's going to be a low-volume, one-dimensional passing game this week. So I also don't like rookie Joe Burrow. I mean, he's been putting up great fantasy numbers so far. He's been helped by schedule and negative game scripts, so some garbage time. But this week, both of those things are going to change. He gets the number one rated pass defense in the NFL, allowing a meager 12 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks. And also the Colts are not the sort to drop a lot of points on them and put them in a big hole so there won't be garbage volume. He probably wasn't drafted as your starter, so you probably have a better option on what could be an ugly statistical day on both sides of the ball. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Love Ronald Jones again this week. He's been a solid number two back coming off back-to-back 100-yard games. He's clearly the bell cow back in Tampa now and getting better each week. The only reason he hasn't been a number one is the lack of touchdowns. But the Packers, meanwhile, have allowed solid fantasy days to running backs every week and have allowed a lead running back to score two touchdowns in three of their four games so far. Uh, so I can see the Bucks running a lot to protect Brady from Green Bay's pretty solid pass rush and to keep A-Rod side, A-A-Rod sidelined. Another guy I really like is David Montgomery. Both these guys coming off long rests here. Montgomery's been a true every-down workhorse since Tariq Cohen got hurt, and he really showed his receiving chops last week when they shut down the run on him. Carolina on the other side has been extremely generous, allowing five and a half yards per carry, the most rushing touchdowns in the league, and the most receptions by far to running backs. So I think this could be a solid RB1-type scoring week for Monty. Yep. 
I agree. Uh, okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Miles Gaskin, uh, yeah, he's playing the Jets. I think he's going to score. Jordan Howard was inactive last week. I think he's out of the game plan. Matt Bright is going to share some touches there, but Gaskin is going to see most of the workload, and he's going to get to score at the goal. And, of course, Alexander Madison, really nothing more needs to be said. Dalvin Cook's not going to play. He's going to play the Falcons, and he's going to produce really good numbers there. So start him if you own him. Hopefully, if you own Cook, you should also own Madison, and you don't have any worries. A couple of running backs I'm not crazy about this week, and I did this last week too. Melvin Gordon, he still got the Patriots, and they, they've given up just one TD run uh, to running backs. Uh, and Lindsey, Philip Lindsey's healthy. He's going to play a role there. So I think Gordon uh, has got a uh, lower ceiling this week. And in that same game, Rex Burkhead, uh, you know, had the big game a couple of games ago, which is now three weeks ago. Uh, but then uh, James White came back, and all of a sudden, sexy Rexy wasn't so sexy <laughs> so much. Uh, he's playing both behind Damian Harris and James White there, maybe five or six touches in the game. You'd be lucky to get four or five points. So you sit Rex Burkhead this week. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll stay on that same sideline. I don't like Damian Harris even this week. I know everyone loved how his volume was huge in his first game, but when I watched the game film, I didn't see anything special. I just saw a guy taking what was there against a very questionable run defense. Now, this week, he gets a team that's number one in stopping opposing fantasy running backs, and that's had two weeks to prepare for him. And they're kind of a little bit pissed if they had to wait two weeks to play, so I think I can see them teeing off a little bit. He's got competition for receptions from James White, from goal line looks from Rex Burkhead, and maybe even Cam if he gets in the game. So don't overvalue his rushing volume from last week. And then I'm really down on Joe Mixon this week. I mean, you saw last week that a really tough matchup and a really bad game script still got Mixon a lot of touches, and it still did not translate into many fantasy points. This week he faces just as tough of a run defense and a reduced chance of any passing game volume as well. The Colts have allowed the second-fewest running back touches through five weeks and only one rushing touchdown. So this bodes poorly for a guy whose fantasy value is volume and touchdown dependent. Yeah, the only good thing about Mixon is that they keep him now in more in the passing game, and he caught six short passes. <laughs> that yeah. got him up to about 15 points in a PPR league. If you're not in a PPR league, you didn't benefit from any of that. But uh, anyway, how about right. a couple of wide receivers you like uh, this week and why? I do like Michael Gallup this week. It, it's our common statement here at Mastermind that a backup quarterback will often favor the number three wide receiver when he comes in. That's the guy running as the number one with a second unit at practice. And you saw that Gallup was his trusted target in crunch time at the end of the game on Sunday already with two big catches at the end of the game. So opposing teams are going to stack the box against Zeke and dare Dalton to beat him, like I said before. I think this will let Gallup run his deeper routes. So uh, Arizona has also been beatable by secondary and downfield targets and not necessarily number ones. So the dormant Gallup could break out again this week. And then I'd like Juju to have a uh, bounce-back game. I mean, the big breakout game from Claypool will now draw some attention. Deontay Johnson's going to be back drawing attention. This is going to allow Juju to see less double coverage like he saw a lot last week. That's why Claypool was open. Cleveland is also far more susceptible to underneath stuff, which is Juju's wheelhouse. And all the number ones have been the best guys versus Cleveland so far. And Cleveland has allowed a very high two wide receiver touchdowns per game. Look for Big Ben to help him rebound. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of guys I like this week, and one is in your area of the country, T.Y. Hilton. Yep, I think he's gonna finally going to get his, his first score on the Bengals this week. 
you saw he got more targets, more action, uh, more attention last week, and I think he's finally going to produce this week. So if you need him, start him. Uh, Devonta Parker, uh, what else did he said? He's going to score against the Jets, so you start him. Uh, okay, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Uh, not quite sure if Cam Newton's playing, but if he's not, Julian Edelman's not starting for my teams, and I've got him in a couple of teams, so be careful there. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, yeah, he was the number one uh, last week or the week before, right? Yeah, yeah. wait a minute. That was Robert Tanya is a big game, right? Yeah. The Adams is going to play this week. I know Lazarus still out, but I'm not trusting MBS. Uh, I had him last year, too, so I'm, I, he's doing the fade. Uh, hopefully, for the Packers' sake, he won't fade completely into oblivion like he did last year, but I wouldn't trust him this 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 week. Um, how about a couple of uh, wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I, st- I still don't like DJ Moore this week. I don't let the stats fool you. If you saw the play, it was basically all one big play, and he jogged down the sideline while everyone else seemed to watch him. Uh, Moore's still yep. not getting targets or a lot of touches. He's playing against a well-rested defense that's only allowed a single wide receiver touchdown thus far and among the fewest receptions. So playing you know, the third option on his own team does not sound good. Curtis Samuel had as, has as many catches and 50% more targets this year than D.J. Moore, shockingly enough. Uh, I don't like Debo Samuel. Uh, the offense and the QB situation is in total disarray right now. It's not clear to me that Debo is really even healthy yet, and he's at least the third option in the receiving game behind Kittle and Ayuk, and he wasn't able to do anything despite eight targets and a rushing touch this week. So this week they're playing the Rams, who are rushing the throws and allowing the lowest wide receiver fantasy points per game so far and only one touchdown total. I'm steering clear of all 49ers this week, especially ones coming off major injury. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. How about a couple of tight ends uh, you like and why? Um, I like Eric Ebron for the second straight week. If not for the Claypool explosion with 11 targets, Ebron would have again led the team in targets this week, and he just missed having a second straight week of a touchdown. They overthrew him a little bit in the end zone. He's becoming a solid PPR play with five catches each week, and he's just a touchdown away from having TE tight end number one value. Um, This week he faced the Browns, who have hemorrhaged PPR points for the tight end for two years, leading the league in tight end receptions now and and have allowed four touchdowns despite only playing one kind of startable tight end type guy. They are very susceptible on seam routes, which is Ebron's specialty, so I see some big plays from him in the score this week. And I like TJ Hawkinson. Uh, The Jags have allowed tight end touchdowns in the last four games, and they're allowing the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends, despite only allowing the 18th most receptions. So big plays are happening there. Hawkinson has quietly been a PPR number one tight end, despite having fewer targets than the underutilized Gronk so far. And this should be benefited by the attention that Galladay is now going to draw when he comes back. I think there's a great chance at a score again this week, and he has a very high floor for a double-digit fantasy day. Yep, I agree. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Evan Ingram, the New York Giants. Uh, he, well, he got his first touchdown last week, even though it was a jet sweep run. Uh, he had another one, too, but unfortunately was called back on a fake punt on, a, on an illegal shift uh, by the Giants. That, that really hurt because I've got him in the FFPC. Anyway, Washington struggles against the tight end this week. I think that Daniel Jones gets off the schneid here and actually throws a touchdown pass to Evan Ingram. So if you got him, start him. And another one to consider is Irv Smith in Minnesota. Uh, kind of had a mini breakout mm-hmm. game down there in Seattle. Uh, he's heating up, and the Falcons can't stop the tight end. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, of course, is uh, the rookie. Uh, he's kind of coming down a little bit back to earth here. Adam Thielen's on fire. 
fire. Uh, Irv Smith very quietly become the third option in that passing game. And without Dalvin Cook there, Smith might see some more targets. So uh, if you need him, pick him up, start him, uh, especially in larger leagues. A uh, couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Logan Thomas, uh, after that first big week one where he scored, he hadn't done hardly anything. And believe it or not, the Giants shut down opposing tight ends, including Dalton Schultz, last week because I own him in FFPC, and he's been hot lately. And, of course, three targets, one catch. Uh, everybody that's playing the Giants, the tight ends are not doing anything, so be careful there. I'd sit him uh, because Logan Thomas really ain't done anything. And, of course, uh, the auto flick, Chris Herndon. Uh, yeah, he caught two passes <laughs> last week. Uh, wow. Uh <laughs> I guess he might caught it, catch another one this week. <laughs> That's still worthless for fantasy, so uh, avoid. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I mentioned Gronk earlier. I'm not high on him this week. Uh, Packers have allowed the fourth fewest tight end PPR points per game. They've not allowed a sniff of the end zone by a tight end either, because mostly because teams have had such success running the ball in close. I think Gronk's going to be a goal line blocker, not a receiver. Um, you know, you look at everyone thought Gronk was going to jump right in when O.J. Howard got hurt and went down for the year, but the routes and the targets have gone to Brait and not Gronk. I think last week's stats very telling. Last week, Brait had more targets and receptions despite playing half as many snaps as Gronk. So Gronk is still a, a, almost a perma flick for me. And I don't like Hayden Hurst this week. I mean, four out of, weeks out of his five have shown him to have single-digit PPR fantasy points despite the Falcons' extremely high-volume attack and a series of injuries to starting wide receivers taking them out of the way. 15 catches in five games was just not what anyone had in mind for his opportunity, and he had zero catches until the final drive last week. You know, and if, and then I look at the other side of the defense. If not for one fluky long play by Mo Alley-Cox in week two, uh, the Vikings would be the best in the league versus the tight end, and they've only allowed one tight end touchdown all year. Uh, Hurst is basically on my bench unless you're really desperate right now. Yep. Okay, how about your home one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Let me uh, hear them. Okay, a couple of kickers that are kind of on the low end of being rosterable. They might be available. One is Joey Sly for Carolina. Chicago's allowing four field goals a game so far and, and seven to 13 standard kicking points every week. So Joey Sly is a no-brainer start this week for Carolina. And then I like Matt Prater. Jacksonville's allowed seven field goals the last two games. And Prater has had four field goal attempts every other game so far this season. And I also look back. Here's a curious note. He's had his season high in points coming out of the bye week for three straight years a minimum of 14 standard kicking points, three straight years coming out of the bye. Matt Prater's got a lot going for him this week. And then on defense, I love Washington. He's got a fierce pass rush against a turnover machine like, like, uh, like Daniel Jones. The Giants have allowed a minimum seven points per game to fantasy defenses so far. I mean, you got to love Miami right now. I mean, I mean I'm going to continue to pick on the winless Jets until they prove me wrong. But Miami's also scored 10 fantasy points per game on average over the last three weeks, so they're playing very well also. Okay, we want to remind everyone a premium newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions. Well, uh, everybody, thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when week seven of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.